Hey, everyone out there, and thanks again for joining us here at ASAP Nowcast, the podcast for ASAP Now. So for those of you who don't know, um, and for those of you who are used to me now, my name is Amy Ho. I am an ER doctor and also the ASAP Now assistant editor and your host of this podcast. So it is a new year, um, academic new year for us. And that means new residents, new medical students, new first time attendings. And I absolutely love this time of year. It is buzzing with excitement and it reminds me of how great and broad emergency medicine is as a field. So they always say that medicine is about lifelong learning, but man, I feel like emergency medicine is about hourly or minutely learning because every case we see in the ER challenges the breadth and depth of our knowledge. And that's a huge challenge because it's like, how do you keep up with all of this? Even how do you cover this in residency? Like I know there's huge academic discussions just talking about curriculum, how to cover this in a formalized residency, but what do you do when you're out in practice? And normally on this podcast, we feature two things. We feature one article from the magazine and something a little special for the podcast, but with this new year, I wanted to take a little extra time on the magazine because I think it really well answers how in the world do you keep up with just everything when emergency medicine is changing, every patient presents with something unique. And I think the magazine is a fantastic way for asynchronous learning. We have a breadth of regular columns that can help, and I wanted to at least highlight those for you so you knew where to go. And these are not only in the magazine, but they're also on the website at asepnow.com. That's just A-C-E-P-N-O-W.com. And under the columns tab, you can see a lot of great ways for regular rapid review and to check out some of our very regular authors, many of which you guys probably see on social media or have other podcasts or other venues for their excellent work. So I wanted to highlight a couple of the columns um, just so you knew where to go. The first one I wanted to highlight is Skeptic's Guide from Dr. Ken Milne, who, as you know, um, reviews skeptically the literature of emergency medicine that has potential to be practice changing. So these are great cases with discussions of what's actually in the study and what does it mean for your practice and what are the takeaways for these studies that really hit the mainstream of emergency medicine. Next, I wanted to highlight Pearls from EM Lit, which is, as it sounds, looking at EM Literature Pearls, and that's by the very well-known Dr. Ryan Radecki. Um, Next up, I think worth highlighting is the Kids Corner, which is pediatrics. Now, a lot of us um, who don't work full-time at children's hospitals, I think, have a lot of difficulty with pediatrics because we don't have the intentional volume that you get in residency for peds. And it's a little bit hard to keep up with. And they're a little intimidating too. Like they're so small, they're so squirmy, they cry at you, they can't tell you what's going on a lot of times. We try to not do too many invasive things to them. So I think Pearls of Pediatrics is always something worth reviewing. And that column is by Dr. Landon Jones and Dr. Richard Cantor. 
Um, next, I wanted to at least highlight Dr. Lauren Westifer, who's also very well known um, in emergency medicine, as well as to this podcast, who has the uh, column Practice Changers. And what's so interesting about Dr. Westifer is her um, passion and her research is in cutting out low impact, low yield interventions while still providing high quality care. So I feel like practice changers is something that I am always very interested in reading about what's coming out next in terms of being a good steward of resources in emergency medicine and in healthcare as a whole. Next up is EM Cases by Dr. Anton Hellman, who does management pearls of a case that's just relevant and something we see. The one this month is about drowning. Um, and as you can imagine, with 100 plus degree heat, there is a lot of pull time and sadly some of the accidents that come with that. So reviewing these EM cases by Dr. Hellman is a good way to just keep a pulse and something front of mind that you're likely going to see in the department on your next shift. And then lastly, the column I wanted to highlight was End of the Rainbow, which is by Dr. James Dahl, which is all about personal cash and finances. Um, I know we all feel that emergency medicine financially is certainly under siege in reimbursement, payment, etc. Um, and Dr. Dahl's column is all about how to protect your own finances as an emergency medicine physician with some also great pearls um, for life. Now, those are not by any means an exhaustive list of all the columns. Again, you can check them all out on the website at asepnow.com under the columns tab. And we cycle through them um, regularly, but we cycle through them in the magazine as well. But now you have a little bit of hopefully a roadmap of things that you can check out, things that uh, really pique your interest as you get the magazine. Um, and of course, we cover a lot of these in the podcast as well. So with that, I hope that's a helpful way of thinking about the magazine, thinking about the content of ASAP Now. As always, let us know if there is something that you're wanting to see that you aren't seeing already, and we will work on getting that content to you because you, our readers, um, our listeners, are the most important thing about the publication. Now, as I mentioned, I wanted to spend some of the podcast only time actually featuring the magazine with a roadmap because it's the new year, but I always want to show something from the magazine as well. And it was really hard to choose this month, but I, I have to admit this one picture really caught my eye. And that is the photo from the article Xylazine, the zombie drug that's an emerging threat. So it's hard to just not pay attention when we hear about zombies. So I wanted to invite to chat Dr. Catherine Marco, who is not only one of the authors of this article shared by medical student Miss Aisha Joshi and Dr. Jeffrey Lubin, but is also the associate editor of ASAP Now. And this article is about one of the recreational drugs that they're seeing up in the Northeast that I'd honestly never heard of um, being based in Texas. And I'm so excited to chat with Dr. Marco. So Dr. Marco, thanks again for joining us. I honestly can't believe we haven't had you on the podcast. So it's overdue time. And I am very excited to talk about xylazine. So I had never heard about xylazine until I saw your article. Um, how in the world did you guys hear about it? Well, we heard about it first about six months ago. It actually is fairly common in the Northeast 
uh, certainly in Pennsylvania, we have seen multiple cases of xylazine. So I think it is very geographically dependent what areas of the country are seeing xylazine. And what was really interesting about this case to me is, um, as you guys were discussing it, it sounds like it's mostly something that runs with fentanyl. In this case, it sounds like the patient knew she was taking it. Is that accurate? Right. Most of the patients that I've seen know actively know that they're taking xylazine. They frequently take xylazine and fentanyl together. Um, I'm not sure why. Apparently, fentanyl can be laced with xylazine but I haven't seen it unknown to the patient. Of course, that could be the fact that we don't recognize it either. Our routine tox tests do not test for xylazine. So unless a patient volunteers it or we suspect it, we would have no way of knowing that the patient has been using xylazine. Yeah, and I I think the title of the article says it all. It's xylazine zombie drug is an emerging threat. So let's jump in. Tell me about this case. So this case was a 30-year-old woman who presented to the ED with left arm pain. She had had a chronic wound on her left arm that wasn't healing. It had been going on for many months. Um, It was oozing. She had been febrile. She also had some very nonspecific symptoms. And she readily volunteered that she uses fentanyl and xylazine regularly. She, um, we treated her with IV antibiotics and admitted her to the hospital where she later required um, skin grafting by plastic surgery because the wound was so extensive. She and, ultimately did well after that, though. And when you guys heard her say that she was doing xylazine, did that actually kind of piece together the cause of the wound for you? Was it so like pathognomonic? I think in this case, it wasn't originally recognized as xylazine being a contributor to her skin findings. Um, Since we have been seeing it more frequently, we can recognize these patients often before even talking with them because of the chronic, terrible skin ulcerations. This patient had an extensive ulceration on her arm, but other patients might have generalized diffuse ulcerations that are non-healing. So it is very suspicious when I see an otherwise young, healthy patient with these kinds of skin ulcerations. Yeah. And you guys do a great job describing it as cribiform. I think there's nothing like the picture. So I encourage all of our listeners to definitely check out the um, article online where there is the truly zombie looking skin. Um, It it sounds like this starts as like an eschar though, if it's in early stages. Um, It could present early as small lesions like papules, vesicles, ulcerations, might have some overlying eschar. Um, So the presentation is quite variable, but but the non-healing skin necrosis is characteristic. Is that what makes this unique from other street drugs? Like, obviously, I think everyone around the country sees um, skin poppers, chronic abscesses. Um, what, what is it that makes it so unique from the other street drugs? I think the extent of the skin lesions makes it unique. Um, obviously, this type of lesion would not be typical, even in an injecting drug user, to have this extensive of skin necrosis. Um, And as I mentioned, other patients may have not just a single lesion, but multiple generalized lesions. And so is it the extensiveness of it that has a, um, that gives you the high index of suspicion? I mean, the extensiveness of the, of the wound. Right, right. Far beyond what we would typically see with skin popping or injecting drug use. 
Is that also what makes management a little bit different in terms of the wound? I was surprised that she needed a graft. Um, I mean, looking at the picture, I'm not, but I was a little bit surprised about that. Um, is that a fairly accurate characterization that these need more extensive wound management, like potentially a burn center? I don't know if I'm extrapolating too much here. Yeah, I think it depends on the individual patient. Um, we've not seen a, a huge volume of these patients, but the patients that I have seen um, have these non-healing wounds. And, um, you know, in, in a case like this, that's very extensive. It obviously requires operative intervention, but other patients that have multiple diffuse lesions, obviously we need to treat the xylazine use first so that those lesions can heal. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because um, this article caught my eye because it was this zombie looking skin, but I think you guys have some great take home points about just xylazine uh, management itself aside from the wound. Do you mind going through those? Sure. Well, um, the first take home point is that xylazine does not respond to naloxone. It's not actually a narcotic, although it is frequently laced with fentanyl. So the two are frequently used together. So if a patient has, um, for example, is unresponsive due to drug use, um, the naloxone will reverse the fentanyl component of drug use, but will not reverse xylazine. So if we have a patient that seems in other ways like an opioid overdose and it's not responding to naloxone, xylazine certainly should be a consideration. Um, since it doesn't respond to naloxone, there's nothing definitive that we can do about xylazine other than supportive care. So some of these patients are going to require urgent intervention, um, sometimes airway management, um, fluids, hydration, pressure support, um, whatever they need for supportive care while the xylazine is metabolized. Xylazine can also present with acute withdrawal, and usually these patients are aware that they um, are going through xylazine withdrawal. And the cases that I've seen appear miserable, appear just as bad or worse as narcotic withdrawal. Is it like classic um, narcotic withdrawal symptoms? Yeah, the patients that I've seen have similar symptoms to opioid withdrawal, um, anxiety, tachycardia, hypertension. I think in the cases that I've seen, anxiety is the predominant factor that is debilitating to patients. Again, no one has seen extensive um, numbers of xylazine treatment that I'm aware of in the country. So we are still learning about it. We're still doing our best to provide supportive care and symptom relief. But I don't know that any of us are true experts in management of xylazine, either intoxication or withdrawal. So we're still learning. We always, for the best that, you know, these these uh, have a sharp decline instead of a sharp rise. But of course, we know that we'll see them in our emergency department. So Dr. Mark, I want to say thank you so much for educating us on this and to encourage everyone, again, check out the pictures on the ASAP Now website or in the magazine because they're pretty stunning. Great. Thank you. It's that time of year again. It is ASET Scientific Assembly that is right around the corner, and this year, it's in Philadelphia. And for the first time ever, those who register for all four days of ASEP 23 will receive virtual ASEP 23 for free. And that means that you can be there for the lectures, but you can also reference lectures on demand afterwards for 12 months. 
if you say decide to spend your time enjoying Philly, learning some history, eating some cheesesteaks, and catching up with friends around the country. After all, it is the city of brotherly love. Save $50 on registration with promo code NOWCAST at ASEP.org slash ASEP23. And again, that promo code is NOWCAST. Zombie drugs. So I am always conflicted because these are issues in society, recreational drugs, the medical harms that come with it. And that's really sad. But there's also this esoteric medical part of it where discussing the novelty, discussing the management of it is really impactful um, and medically interesting to us. So on one hand, I am impressed by the photo of this wound, this zombie drug wound. But on the other hand, it's also a really tragic visualization of some of the issues that plague us as a society. Now, nonetheless, I think it's important to cover this, but I do think it's important to mention at least that this is a reflection of something that we know is very sad in society. So while we have this esoteric interest of it, I think it's a great reminder that emergency medicine is about every patient, regardless of their walk of life, their addictions, their choices. We treat them all and we treat them all to the best of our ability, which I think is something really special about emergency medicine and what we all do day in and day out. Now, that is it for us this month. As usual, we've got tons more coverage in this month's magazine, which is probably sitting in your inbox now. And not only do we have some of the columns that I highlighted, but I wanted to also mention that Dr. Dark, our editor, does a great interview as a mid-year catch-up with ASEP president, Dr. Chris Kang. And there they chat about some of the priorities and issues that ail us most, boarding and burnout. It's a great interview. Be sure to check that one out. And of course, much, much more in the magazine. So the podcast goes every month. So there's always time to tell us if you want any other content. Tweet us if you have an idea at ASAP now, or feel free to tweet me directly at Amy Faith Ho. We would love to hear your thoughts and feedback and keep you all tuning in. So thanks you guys all for your time and we will see you all next time.